For three days this month, I was in London for a meeting on evolution organised jointly by the Royal Society and the British Academy. I have rarely attended a meeting with such a range of expertise from so many disciplines of science and humanities, from biologists to economists. So why the meeting? What is it that could be so important as to engage both of the most prestigious academic bodies in the United Kingdom and attract participants from across the world? There is a revolution of thought taking place in our understanding of evolution. It is moving us away from a gene-centred, determinist view of our lives and replacing it with an open system view where many factors influence evolution, including culture and environment, in a dynamic interaction with organisms. At essence, it abandons the rigid and sterile view of the genome as the causative agent, with random mutations leading to a gradual change. So what is wrong with the gene-centred view? The gene-centred view holds to the belief that there is a one-way flow of information from genes to the organism. Or as Richard Dawkins put it in his book, The Selfish Gene, genes are controlling us, body and mind. It set up a dogma for which there was insufficient evidence that the genome was somehow isolated from the organism, a control system, and like a blind pilot in a cockpit. I say that this view of genes is sterile because it fails to answer some of the key questions about adaptations and about change in response to environmental pressure. Such change is not adequately explained by a gene-controlled view of organisms. Genes are tools used by the system, not the other way round. It is the organism itself that is the control system, not the genes. There is an abundance of evidence that heritable changes in response to environmental pressure are occurring. There is growing evidence for acquired characteristics in evolution. These cannot be explained by gradual chance mutation. They cannot be explained by blind chance and natural selection simply because these changes are directional in nature. Furthermore, the gene-centred view has always been poor at explaining how different species have evolved. So we need a new framework of understanding. We need to look afresh at credible ideas that have been sidelined by dogma. We need a new framework, but not a new dogma. Those who stick rigidly to the dogma of the gene-centred view simply argue that alternative ideas have been around for a long time. Indeed, they have. But the problem is that they have been ignored, and they have been ignored for decades. One can only wonder why. Science surely must be open to new interpretations and the potential for new ideas, else it becomes sterile. It becomes dogma. Another belief system with its priesthood seeking always to keep people in line with the principles of its faith. It erects pillars of wisdom 
blind to any alternative or better view. Neo-Darwinianism, or what has been called the modern synthesis, is such a dogma, a belief system with its own priesthood. They stopped free thought about Darwinian evolution and tied it down in ways with which Darwin himself would not have agreed. Even at this meeting, the contribution made by those who stick to this dogma was to simply repeat a mantra, all this is already known, or this is not new. But they failed to say why it was ignored. Such an approach is not Darwinian. It is a dogmatic belief in genes as a controller. Yet inherited traits are not due simply to genetic inheritance. In the conference, we considered the way in which culture and language differs between groups of whales or between groups of apes or monkeys, birds and even fish. And of course, in us. None of these differences were created by genes, even where genes might be involved. We looked at how culture shapes us and shapes other organisms and how it could play a role in evolution. We considered how we don't simply occupy a niche, but actively create it and mould it, which in turn feeds back into how we and other organisms evolve. Humans are not alone in making our environment. We listened in awe to whales talking to each other across thousands of miles of ocean and were amazed at how differences in language and culture distinguished different groups and how wondrous it was to listen to the cultural differences in the songs separating groups of birds, even of the same species. We considered how genes can be shared across organisms living symbiotically or parasitically and at how such interaction could act as a driver of evolution. We considered how genomes can be modified in response to our environment. We thought through new approaches to causation in biological systems, shifting from the rigid mechanistic view with one-way linear flow of information to a more meaningful and productive process approach. Organisms are dynamic, interactive, open systems, not closed mechanisms like a clock. There is no privileged level of causation. Life is a dynamic, interactive system maintaining integrity, not a rigid, determined box. Evolution is not something that simply happens by blind chance, but is part of the overall interactive, dynamic system of life. Our concept of evolution is changing. It is itself evolving. It needs a new framework. But this cannot be fixed by tinkering with the gene-centred dogma. The new framework does exist, if only we'd we would open our eyes to it. But it is a framework which sees a multifaceted evolutionary process and not a single cause. Evolution cannot be understood through narrow demarcations of scientific discipline. It is too important to leave to evolutionary biologists. We need a broad cross-disciplinary understanding. But above all, we need open minds.
Thank mm-hmm. you.